if you have concise and clear calls to action that bridge the content from one part of a buyer journey to the next, you're going to move people along your funnel or through the phases of awareness and then to the ultimate conversion point that you want them to be at. Welcome to the Freedom Found Podcast, the podcast for copywriters and marketers with unruly against the grain life goals. I'm Crystal Church, copywriter and coach, and together we'll delve deep into everything it takes to grow a profitable, scalable, and fulfilling business from the ground up. Whether you're just starting out or about to hit your next big milestone, I'm bringing you the truth on both the trending and the timeless business growth strategies so you can live out a freedom first, impactful life. Welcome to our community. And we're back with another episode of the Freedom Found Podcast, where we believe that success is not random and with the right community and toolbox, anyone can create a life filled with generosity and impact. So let's get into one of the most pivotal yet overlooked elements in copywriting, the call to action or CTA for short. So do you ever wonder why some CTAs convert like magic while others fall flat? Today, we're going to unravel that mystery because as a copywriter, either in your profession or a copywriter for your own business, this is essential for the conversions that you are pulling in for your business and potentially for your clients' businesses. So first things first, let's get on the same page. A call to action is, in essence, your written nudge that prompts users to take a specific action, whether that's signing up, buying, or just clicking through to another page. So a lot of times people think CTAs are primarily referring to a call to action to buy, to apply, to work with you right now. And while that is one type of call to action and a very relevant one in your business and down on your sales page, on your website, you name it, there are many other calls to actions placed throughout your marketing, throughout your website, and just online presence that lead your customer through a journey from step one to two to three to four to eventually that ultimate conversion. So why does it matter then? Well, it is bridging this gap, right? It is the bridge between your content and the action that you want the reader to take. So it is the ultimate gatekeeper of conversion. If you have concise and clear calls to action that bridge the content from one part of a buyer journey to the next, you're going to move people along your funnel or through the phases of awareness and then to the ultimate conversion point that you want them to be at. If you don't, if your calls to action are vague or not speaking to them, then, well, we know what happens. So effective CTAs in general copywriting, let's just get some base level tips out here for you. And then we're going to dive into some more specific tips around calls to action in website copy, emails, you name it. This is a very actionable podcast episode because I want you to be able to go and apply this to what you're working on right now. And if you're a copywriter, what you're working on with clients, and especially because I think this is the most common trend I see among copywriters is them helping their clients and not doing the same thing for their own business. And I'm guilty of this myself. Okay. I am guilty. My hand is raised right now, but what I want you to do is prioritize yourself as much as you do your clients in terms of your marketing, in terms of your copy, your messaging, and fine tuning things, testing things, AB, we'll even get into that today and make sure that you are prioritizing your own clients or prospects or customer journey. All right. So I've got two primary tips for you today that if you don't take anything else away, I want you to take these away. Okay. I want you to primarily use action-oriented language in your calls to action. So 
Your CTA should be a command, not a suggestion, and it doesn't need to be overbearing. It just needs to be clear. So instead of saying, you can sign up here, which I have seen in loads of places, you can sign up here, you can read more here, you can learn more here, be direct and say, sign up here, claim your spot now, learn more. Like just those subtle switches in language. And a lot of times it's refining it and removing unnecessary words can make it more direct and therefore give somebody in their mind as they're reading a clearer understanding about what's going to happen and just prompt a little bit more action and a little bit more energy and involvement from the reader end of things. The other thing I want you to consider doing is increasing urgency in your CTAs. We know that no one likes FOMO, so I'm going to back this up with a stat for you. According to Unbounce, using urgent language like now or today can significantly improve conversion rates. Their study found that including the word now in a call to action button increased click-through rates by a median of 8.39%. 8.39%. Okay. If you are a copywriter listening to this, you know just how powerful adding eight and a half percent to your click-through rates would be. I cannot believe how often this is missed off of CTAs and specifically buttons where it is a high value conversion opportunity. I'm talking about signing up for a free trial. I'm talking about applying to work with you. I'm talking about learning more or listening now. This one word, like now or today, can increase your click-through rates by a medium of 8.39%. Holy smokes. That's all we need to do is start increasing urgency with one word? Okay, there we go. And now the reason this works is because it increases relevancy to the reader. If you're telling them about something that's relevant to them now in this moment, they're more likely to listen and therefore then take action than if it's something that they could learn more about later or come back to and we all know we're going to forget and close the tab. So phrases like limited time offer or only a few spots left can also create that needed urgency for somebody. And one final general tip for you. At the end of the day, it is the benefits that really resonate with users. And while saying something like, quote, get instant access to our premium features is informative and it sounds like something that might be nice to put on our website, unlock your path to XYZ success truly speaks to the desires and builds relevancy according to our prospects aspirations. Don't you think? Okay, so those are three quick tips for you in general on your CTAs. Now let's get into several more. So I hope you got pen and paper on this one and taking some notes. If not, you can bookmark this episode and come back to it because this is gonna be a really good checklist just to roll through depending on the type of copy that you're working on for yourself or your client. And I also encourage you to come back to your own website after this episode, type it into Google, okay? Go to your URL, look at your CTAs. Are they hitting the way that they are intended? Are they hitting the way that you want them to, right? Now let's get specific on CTAs and website copy. So how do you craft a CTA that makes website visitors click? Because this is a specific type of platform where people are generally consuming information, trying to learn more about you and offer or the brand in general, and perhaps all three. So they're at a different point in the buyer journey when they land on your website. Sometimes people are coming 
and this is the first exposure they've had to you. They might have 10, 20 tabs open of competitors, and they're trying to figure out in an instant if you're the right person for them. Or at other times, people are much further down the funnel, much further down their trust journey with you, and this is a final moment where they're browsing and deciding whether or not to buy from you. So speaking to both of these people and everybody in between, I want you to focus on five primary things with CTAs in your website copy. The first is actually color psychology. It's probably not what you expected me to say as a copywriter, but I want you to remember that color is more than aesthetics. A study from HubSpot found that a red call to action button outperformed a green one by 21%. Surprising, right? Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you should go and change all of your CTA buttons to red. This means for that particular audience, that color stood out to them, called their attention, and then spoke to them. But remember, it's crucial to test what works best for your audience. But keep things like this in mind. How can you draw attention? I think that there are a lot of websites now that are really playing on neutral colors, and I love that. We've got a pretty neutral color palette over here, but we have a couple of popping colors as well, and we tend to use those on our headings, on our CTAs, to draw attention. And I find that that helps because otherwise buttons are blending in. This is also a really good tip, something to look out for when you're working with a brand designer, because they're going to keep aesthetics more so in mind than actual function and intention. So I recommend making sure whether you're working with a brand designer as a copywriter or in your own business, working with a brand designer to create something for you, that you think about the functionality of and the intention of what is going on the page. And color psychology on buttons is a real thing. All right, number two for website copy, size and positioning. So bigger doesn't always mean better. There was a phase when all the CTAs everywhere were freaking huge. Do you remember that? Huge. On every page, it was like the biggest button, the most clicks you're going to get and better make it move and make it change colors and all the things. And while some of that does work right now, That is outdated. It is now essential to make your CTA stand out just enough and not be necessarily overbearing. CTAs placed at the top of the page can also often increase conversions because you're giving people who are already at a warmer place and ready for whatever it is that next step, whether it's an offer or to learn more or to just continue down that customer journey, they're ready for it earlier on and you might lose them if you make them scroll, 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 scroll through an entire long page and then get to the bottom in order to go to the next step. So consider where you're positioning CTAs, consider having more than one CTA, place more than one CTA on a page, obviously. And this is going to be very different than what we talk about in email in just a second. So CTA tip number three for website copy is be specific with numbers. So numbers really instill trust. Join 5,000 happy subscribers definitely sounds more enticing than join my email list, right? Because I'm like, hmm, what credibility do you have? Why should I join your email list? But if 5,000 other people are on your email list, wow, maybe there's a reason they're on there and I want to have a listen. And now that doesn't mean that you have to have these numbers right away to you know, build credibility for whatever it is, whatever that conversion event is. But as you start to grow them, incorporate them in, right? You know, as you grow, if you've got a podcast, your email list, if you've got a client base, even having a tight knit client base and say, join the dozens of, and who's your ICA that we've helped do X, Y, and Z, you know, that could be a really great CTA for done for you, high caliber services. 
All right. You don't have to have huge numbers in the thousands, but giving people context in terms of numbers of users allows them to picture you working successfully or teaching or interacting with that group of people and therefore gives you both credibility and them trust that if you've led those people, you could probably lead them as well. All right. Number four, inclusion of testimonials. So never underestimate the power of social proof at the time of a call to action. You know, I think that a lot of times people just pepper testimonials throughout their website in random order. My favorite way to use testimonials and website copy is to intentionally place them above or below a CTA to reinforce whatever point I have just made. So if I'm trying to instill a lot of trust in somebody, if we're writing a sales page for a client in the Casey Copy Studio, for example, we want to instill a lot of trust in our reader based on past achievements or milestones that they were able to help their customers get with said product or course. Then what I would do is I would comb through testimonials, find just the right testimonial that speaks to Maybe somebody who wasn't sure, maybe somebody who came in and was really skeptical, they had a bad experience prior to working with this person, and then something made them trust them. They came inside and they had this incredible overarching turnaround experience, transformation was everywhere, yada, yada, yada. That placed right next to a call to action would speak directly to somebody who is right now skeptical. And then at the end of that, reinforces this trust next to the call to action button. So Thinking about how you can place testimonials, and this isn't just specific to calls to action, but place testimonials throughout a page or a website to reinforce the message that you are trying to convey. All right, that's an overall tip for you, but putting them next to CTAs is a hot tip. I do this a ton on sales pages. Alrighty, my fifth website copy CTA tip for you is to minimize perceived risk. This is really overlooked. This comes into handy a lot when people have free trials, if you're working with SaaS companies, if you have a free module or mini course to your full program, whatever you have that is lower obligation or no obligation, state that right? This is huge. Saying words like no obligation or cancel any time or money back guarantee can significantly alleviate user anxieties. So placing that kind of terminology next to a call to action, even on the button, below the button, above the button, right there can increase click-through rate so much. So don't ever assume that your reader remembers those things if they were on the page elsewhere, if they've already been discussed continue to reiterate it over and over. And you want to create this relationship between the next step button and that no obligation or money back guarantee, whatever that is, and have them be a pair, a duo together. So as they see the button come up over and over on the page, on the website, they create this association that, okay, well, when I apply, I know that there's no obligation. Or when I sign up, I know that no credit card is required, right? Those are really important factors that increase somebody's likeliness of wanting to go into the next phase because it just takes the pressure off of themselves, right? It minimizes that perceived risk. Okay, now let's cover CTAs in your email copy. If you have been in the KC world for a while, you know I am freaking obsessed with email copy, with email marketing, and really just creating a bond in a community through your email list that you own and you are able to just serve at the highest level. So that said, I have played around a ton with CTAs in email over the years. If you are not on the email list, come over and join. 
for entertaining stories, lots of value, breakdowns on how to do things, just so much goes on on the email list, including most of the time that's where we open up offers with the best incentives and deals that we don't share anywhere else. So let's get into it. I have for you five email CTA tips, five email CTA rules to follow. All right. The first is the power of personalization. So you know I'm all about my stats. According to Campaign Monitor, emails with personalized subject lines are 26% more likely to be opened. Imagine what personalizing CTAs can do, okay? Play around with personalizing and adding a name into a call to action. Getting somebody's attention by using their personal first name can increase their likelihood to click through, right? Again, it's like a relevancy score. You're increasing relevancy to them because you've used their name. Number two, simplicity is key. So it might be really tempting to throw in multiple calls to action, but my own experience growing our list to nearly 5,000 subscribers over the last three years has shown that emails with a single CTA have increased clicks. Now, that doesn't mean I don't use the same call to action more than once. Sometimes I do. If you're on the email list, you'll see how I use CTAs. But generally speaking, I'm not sending people to more than one place. And this is a great like email rule that I also want to say can be broken. And it's okay to break copywriting rules all the time and just experiment and see what works, see what works for your audience, see what works just according to pattern interrupt and doing something different. So if you usually only have one CTA, play around with sometime like putting a few different drip CTAs in there. That's something I have a blog post on about drip marketing. And it is one of the easiest ways to bring people somewhere else without asking them to go there. I'll link to that blog post in this podcast episode for you. I think that's really interesting. And it's a way that we just increased passive sales without actually actively selling, which is really nice. But in general, let's minimize and let's keep it simple. Okay. One call to action, make it super clear and then consider placement, which brings me to my next rule for you. Placing a call to action in the middle of your email isn't necessarily a bad thing. However, you have to remember, let's face it, not everyone reads the entire email. So you're potentially missing out if you are placing a button in the middle or, you know, a quarter of the way down or three quarters of the way down, and it's not closer to the top or closer to the bottom. We want to make sure that we have email links perfectly placed where our readers are going to be skimming. And most often you can be guaranteed that people are going to look at the beginning and the end of an email. And of course, people will read all the way through as well, but you want to make sure you can capture the attention from as many people as possible, especially in say a sales sequence or a launch sequence where people are already aware of the offer and you want to say, Hey, just click through here. If you want to see the bonus that just popped up today, right? So they don't have to read the whole email for context, but they can go right to that adjusted sales page with a new bonus on it, for example. Okay, number four, mobile optimization. Did you know that 61.9% of emails are actually opened on a mobile device? 61.9%, which means, and this goes far beyond CTAs, we should be optimizing our emails for mobile more than for desktop, right? Obviously it's ideal to have them optimized for both, but making sure that the mobile reader isn't secondary, but they're your primary audience. Okay. So making sure that then your call to action, whether it's a button or hyperlink stands out is really important. And where I think that this is most relevant is when we're talking about light versus dark mode on people's phones. So 
I didn't even realize this. Dale pointed it out to me when he saw one of our emails go out and I had had a link and some other text as well that was in a different color. And he had dark mode on on his phone, which I don't usually use on mine. And he was like, Crystal, we can't, I can't even read this. And I was like, holy smokes, how did I miss that? So I become a lot more intentional about making sure that when we have CTAs and pieces just in other colors and the way that we're using images, that all of that lays out really nicely for mobile users on dark mode and light mode on their phone. All right. And finally, I want you to utilize white space. I talk about this a ton in Ignite Your Inbox, my email course. A cluttered email is a conversion killer. Okay. That's when people stop reading your story. They, they opt out. It is too much. It is overwhelmed. We want your emails to have so much white space. That it just brings people from one line to the next, to the next. And this is really key for your calls to action because when you give them white space, they're able to breathe and shine through, right? They stand out and attention is now called on it and brings the reader to that CTA more so than if it is cluttered together amongst a bunch of paragraphs or in the middle of one, you name it. So utilizing a lot of white space just to unclog your emails in general, but also to bring attention to that CTA at just the right point. So for now, I want to just make sure that you avoid some pitfalls with CTAs, okay? This should go without saying, but I've seen enough people's websites now to feel like I need to tell you this. If you use vague language in your calls to action, anywhere, in your emails, on your website, on your sales page, social, it doesn't matter, people aren't going to know what it does. And when people don't know what that button takes them to or where that link leads, they are not going to click on it because A, we are lazy and we don't want to go somewhere we don't want to go. And B, we are skeptical. All right. That is the honest truth. We are skeptical as online consumers. And in most markets, you've got really sophisticated consumers right now. And so we need to make our CTAs as clear as possible. If they are vague and we don't know where it leads or you're trying to be too cutesy with your CTA and trying to add voice in a way that just takes all of the meaning away from the call to action, then people aren't going to click through as frequently. They're just not. So I want you to go back and I want you to look at your website. I want you to look at your CTAs because I see this most often with copywriter websites where buttons are just unclear. I'm like, is this going to take me to your services page? Is this going to take me to your about page? Like what's happening right now? I need to know ahead of time. Okay. So let's get rid of vague language and let's get rid of overwhelming choices. Okay. Because too many choices lead to decision paralysis. We want to slim things down and we want to make a very clear customer journey for your reader. So don't make them think too hard about what they want to do next. Lay out the options for them. If you have more than one avatar, you can say, if you're this person, click here. If you're this person, click here, right? But otherwise, we don't want to confuse anybody. We don't want to make them work too hard on our page because as soon as people have to expend a lot of energy, that's when they hop off. That's when they're unsure. So we're going to make it very simple, remove overwhelming choices, and give them one clear path through their customer journey with you. Okay. Now, this is something I haven't heard anybody talk about. I haven't talked about it. So here I am talking about it because it is happening all too often. And it is a very simple thing that we can just add as a recurring task to our to-do list and make sure that this is not a problem in your business and your customer journey. And that is having broken links. Okay. So how many times have you ever gone to a website and you've wanted to learn more about somebody's services, click on this, read that, and the link 
doesn't work or it takes you to a wrong page and you click it over and over and you're like, is it me? Is it? No, no. Oh, okay. It's them. And what that does is it stops you as a prospect dead in your tracks because you can't do it what you want to do. And the reality is, is as you're updating your website, as new pages come out, as, you know, as different areas of your online presence evolve, links get broken, things move, uh, URL slugs change. So what we do here at the KC brand to avoid prospects having this user experience, kind of stop them in their tracks and cause some frustration is we have a recurring task set up. So every 60 days, we check all of the links on our website. And I guarantee you, there's always something that is changed or needs changing right? We go through every single page and click the links. It's as simple as that. Pretend that you are your prospect. What experience do you want them to have? And then go through it like you're them. So often we put websites up and we never think about them again. Is everything aligned? Is everything formatted correctly? Okay. This goes beyond calls to action again, but you get my drift. Make sure that they are actually functional. So before we wrap up, here are some quick fixes that you can apply right now today. I want you to review your main call to action on your website. Can you make it more action oriented? What benefits does it highlight? How is it going to move somebody through to the next area? And come back to this episode, put it on and start looking at your calls to action on your site and just scroll through. CTAs might be small, but their impact is really huge. Don't let them be an afterthought. Instead, give them the attention that they deserve, test, refine, and watch the impact that they have on your conversions. Ready to transform your CTAs? Dive into our free CTA checklist and start converting more visitors today. Click below to download. Okay, that's not even a real thing, but this podcast CTA at the end is a very meta demonstration of how to effectively implement what was discussed in this episode, right? Make it clear, make it relevant, and put it front and center at the right point in their journey. So that is all from me today. I will catch you on the next episode. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being a part of this growing community. If you enjoyed listening to this free episode, the most impactful thing you can help us do is head over to leave a review or forward this episode to a copywriter or entrepreneur friend who you know would head not along to today's conversation and use the key takeaways to create more growth in their own business. Thank you for your support and catch you next time.